Hi, this is Nathan. Before we get to the episode, I want to invite you to join me on an incredible adventure this November of 2024. I am taking a small group of believers to Turkey, what the New Testament called Asia Minor, for a 12-day Bible study tour of the early church. We'll be studying the book of Acts and many of the epistles on location as we visit ancient cities like Ephesus, Laodicea, Heropolis, Antioch, Pergamum, and many more. If you are interested in joining me this November for a once-in-a-lifetime adventure as we study where much of the New Testament and early church took place, you can learn more by going to deeperchristian.com forward slash turkey. And if you're interested, don't delay. Spots are limited and on a first-come, first-served basis, and a $100 discount is available if you register before May 27th. I do hope you can join me. And again, more information is available at deeperchristian.com forward slash turkey. Now, here's the episode. Welcome to episode 53 of the Deeper Christian Podcast. This is the podcast to help you study God's word, know Jesus intimately, and discover how you can build your life around Jesus Christ. I'm Nathan Johnson, and in today's episode, I want to discuss the depth of fellowship and focus that we are to have as Christians. Let's dive in. In last week's episode, episode number 52, we talked about five types of prayer. Now, and again, just as a quick review, they were supplication, intercession, thanksgiving, praise, and fellowship. And if you haven't heard that episode yet, I would encourage you to go back and listen to it. Again, it's episode number 52, because it kind of lays a great perspective on where we're kind of heading today. Now, I want to focus on this idea of seven biblical types of fellowship that you and I are called to have. Now, you may know this, but the Greek word in the Bible for the word fellowship is the word koinonia. And if you look it up, it has this idea of fellowship or association or this idea of community or joint partnership or intercourse. It's this, it's this idea of participating in something. In fact, one Greek scholar said it this way. He said it's joint participation in a common interest or activity. Well, if you want a little bit simplified version, in my mind, when you think of this idea of fellowship or koinonia, it really gives the idea of being fully invested and given to a, to the same end. In other words, uh, if I was in a business partnership with somebody, you realize that both of us are to be fully invested and given under the very same end, which in that case would be growing the business and making money. Now, this word koinonia for fellowship, it's used 20 times in scripture. scripture and again, it has this idea of a common purpose or a focus, a, a unity or an intention of a group of people. Interestingly, in 1 Corinthians 10, verse 16, uh, it's used or is translated as communion. In other words, here's the body of believers coming together and they're sharing and celebrating the death and the life of Christ with the fellow members of the body of Christ. And it's this idea of, hey, we are in fellowship together. That here they are taking the Eucharist. They're, you know, they're sharing the or the, the, they're sharing the wine or the juice symbolizing his blood and, and breaking the bread, which is symbolizing his body. And it's this idea of not just communion, as we would think of communion, but they are participating in fellowship. See, they are fully invested. They're given to the very same end. They have a common purpose, a focus, a unity, and an intention. 
which is Jesus Christ himself. Another interesting verse where this word koinia shows up is in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14. And Paul writes this, Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? Now, in the passage, he's using actually two different words for the word fellowship. He says, for what fellowship? And in that case, it's actually not our word koinia, but it has a very similar sense. It has the idea of to take a part in or to participate. He says, for what fellowship or what participation has righteousness with lawlessness? And then he says, and what communion, koinia, has light with darkness? You see, he's setting up a contrast and he says, do you recognize that righteousness and light is not to be invested? They are not to have the same purpose or focus. They're not to have unity with the darkness or lawlessness. If you're going to call yourself a Christian, then, hey, you are not to meddle in the works of darkness. You, you are not to participate with the lawless behavior and mindset of the world. Now, when you look at those 20 times that word koine is used in scripture, it's interesting that you can kind of package these into about seven different types of fellowship. Now, the reason I'm bringing this all up is I mentioned in the last episode, in the last episode number 52, that when you look at this idea of prayer, it seems like fellowship is one of the highest forms of prayer. In other words, it's not just you know asking God for something or even just worshiping him, though that should be a constant lifestyle you realize that this idea of fellowship is having a constant intimacy and oneness. It's a, it's that participating, it's that focus, it's that uh, common uh, interest or activity with God himself. That is, Paul says in Thessalonians that we are to pray without ceasing. We are to have constant intimacy and oneness with the living God. That is so amazing. But when you look at this idea of fellowship, the question that I had to ask myself is then, well, what kind of fellowship is it? Now, as you step back and you look at the New Testament, again, there seems to be seven kind of layers to this idea of fellowship. And really quickly, I just want to walk through those with you because it's been a kind of an intriguing or an interesting thought that I've been pondering throughout this week. Now, I don't know if you want to say these actually go in any order or that they increase in intensity, but I just want to kind of give you these seven, seven ideas. Number one, the fellowship of his gospel. In other words, we have this focus, this intention in the embrace of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's, it's sharing in the grace of his salvation that he has easily enabled us to partake in. In Philippians chapter 1, verse 3 through 5, Paul says, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, making requests for you with all joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. He says that, that we have this fellowship in the gospel, that we are sharing and partaking of the grace of God. So that'd be one, one type of fellowship that we are to have as believers, that we are to have the fellowship of his gospel. Number two, there is the fellowship with the body of believers. For example, in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, it says, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and the breaking of bread and prayers. In other words, they're all gathered together in one place with one common focus and one intention. Well, what is that? That was Jesus. And here they are, a body of believers coming together with one focus. 
Galatians chapter 2, verse 9, Paul writes that when James, Peter, and John, who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace that had been given to me, they gave me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship, that we should go to the Gentiles and they to the circumcised. That in the early church, there was this participation, there was this fellowship amongst believers. In 1 John chapter 1, verse 3, John writes, That which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us. And so you realize that we don't just partake or have fellowship with the gospel, but likewise, we have fellowship with the body of believers around us. That as a Christian, you can't do Christianity on your own. That it demands a body. Just as a just as my little pinky can't say, I'm the body. No, you're a pinky, a part of the body. And so therefore, each of us requires the embrace of the people around us in the church. Number three, there is the fellowship of the Spirit. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 1 and 2, Paul writes, Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. And he says that there's this fellowship of the Spirit. Likewise, in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14, Paul ends his letter by saying, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion, that's the word koinonia, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. So obviously, it's not just that we are having fellowship with the gospel or in the gospel, and it's not that we just have fellowship with one another, but that we have fellowship with the Spirit of God himself. Now, number four is similar to that, that we are to have fellowship with the Son. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9, Paul writes, God is faithful by whom you are called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. I love that. That you and I are to have intimacy and focus and fellowship and communion and uh, joint participation to be fully invested with, well, with who? The Son himself. And not just the Spirit and not just the Son, but get this, number five, you're also to have fellowship with the Father. And that verse I read earlier, 1 John chapter 1, verse 3, let me just read it and I'll conclude the, the statement I left off earlier. It says, that which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Wow, what a phenomenal reality that I'm not just to have fellowship with you, but I'm to have fellowship with the Godhead, the, the Trinity God, the Father, Son, and Spirit that somehow I'm not just interacting with one of them, but I get to partake, I get to focus, I get to have communion and intimacy with each of the members of the Godhead. Now, I understand it's just one God. We Hey, we, we firmly believe that. But do you realize that I get to have intimacy and fellowship, koinonia, with the living God, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit? Wow, that's amazing. Well, the sixth type of fellowship is what Paul would call the fellowship of of his sufferings. And it's this idea of identifying with Jesus himself. That it's not just, well, yeah, I have fellowship with him, but that in the midst of ministry, in the midst of life, that I am partaking, I am having communion and intimacy with his sufferings. Paul says in Philippians 3.10, 
He says that my desire is that I might know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. He says, oh, that I might get in rich tightness with his sufferings, that I might be acquainted and identified, hey, not just with his resurrection, but hey, being conformed to his death and partaking, embracing, having intimacy with his sufferings. (laughs) I don't know about you, but hey, I'll take the good stuff. I don't want the suffering. And yet Paul here says that, wow, I get to have koinonia. I get to embrace the sufferings of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it was something he he was excited about. Are you excited to embrace the sufferings of Jesus Christ? Are, are you excited to have fellowship with his sufferings? And as you go and you live your life and as you as you minister and as you pour out his grace and truth and love and life to the people around you, do you realize that you will be hated and despised and mocked and you get to fellowship, participate in his sufferings. Wow, that's awesome. And the seventh type of fellowship is the fellowship of the mystery. In other words, it's it's participating in the eternal purpose of God, which he is bringing forth in Jesus Christ. Listen to this from Ephesians chapter 3, verse 8 through 11. Paul writes, To me, who am less than the least of all the saints, This grace was given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to make all see, get this, what is the fellowship of the mystery, the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of ages has been hidden in God who created all things through Jesus Christ to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly heavenly realms according to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. Paul says that there is this fellowship in the mystery, and somehow I get to participate in this eternal purpose which God has accomplished and is fulfilling in Christ Jesus our Lord. You realize that this idea of fellowship or koinonia in the New Testament goes far beyond of just well, yeah, let's go down to the fellowship hall and let's kind of, you know, have a cup of coffee and talk right after church. That it goes far beyond that, that there that there seems to be these seven gradients of, of fellowship. Again, the fellowship of his gospel, the fellowship of, with the body of believers, the fellowship of the spirit, the fellowship with the son, the fellowship of the father, the fellowship of his sufferings, and the fellowship of the mystery. Now, it was interesting this last week, You remember at last episode, episode number 52, we were walking through the five types of prayer. And what was so interesting about that is I got to the last one about this idea of fellowship, of having constant intimacy and relationship and communion and and oneness with the living God. And I said, that's probably the highest form of prayer of just living in the constant presence of the living God. Well, this last week I came across a book by a man by the name of Devern Fromke, who worked with T. Austin Sparks. And T. Austin Sparks is one of my favorites. I just love reading his stuff on basically the deeper Christian life of just, oh, there's so much more to the Christian life. Well, Devern Fromke wrote this book called The Ultimate Intention, talking about God's eternal purpose and, and what was his purpose fulfilled in Christ. And it's been just a tremendous book and it's been very challenging to my, to my thought process. I'm not quite finished with it, but so far I've been really enjoying it. And he made this statement about fellowship, and that's what kind of got my mind thinking about these, these gradients or these levels or these perspectives of fellowship in Scripture. And so throughout the last several days, I've been pondering this and, and doing some brief study. 
But I want to read you a paragraph. And when he looked at the New Testament, he saw five gradients or levels of fellowship. Now, I broke it into seven, but let me give you a paragraph that he wrote from his book, The Ultimate Intention, talking about these five fellowships. He says this, So our Father is ever seeking to move man beyond the shadows to the ocean depth itself, from living only in our purposes to becoming alive to his purposes. Notice the progression of our fellowship with him and with others. First, we are called into the fellowship of the gospel. This is wonderful, for we share in the common experience of God's wonderful grace, but it is only a beginning. Then we learn to walk. We are led into the fellowship of the Spirit, and thus we recognize the call to walk after and to be filled with the Spirit. But the Holy Spirit lives only to make Christ more real, and so we are called into a deeper fellowship with His Son. What could be more wonderful? But as we share His mind and grow in this fellowship, we are, like Paul, called into a fellowship of His sufferings. Here is the call to those who would enter into a fruitful ministry like the Lord Jesus, living under the Father and sharing his resurrection, power, and authority. We are, we are convinced that none will continue long in this fellowship of sufferings unless they have, as Paul exhorted Timothy, moved into a larger fellowship in the Father himself and his own purposes. Accordingly, Paul unveils his own deepest concern in, in calling all men to see what is the fellowship of the mystery. Here is the ultimate in fellowship, yet there are many who are content to leave it a mystery. Isn't that a great statement? That we are not just called to have simple fellowship with God or, or even just simple fellowship with one another, but that we are called into this great richness of intimacy and participation and interaction with the living God and with one another. If I can just close with one verse, listen to this from 1 John chapter 1, verse 6-7. through 7. John writes, if we say that we have koinonia, fellowship with him, and yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, then we have koinonia, or we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Can I encourage you as you go into this next week, would you expand your perspective of fellowship? Would you realize that, that you are called to participate and have fellowship in the gospel? That we are to be intentional and have fellowship with the body of believers, the church, the body of Christ. That we are to have fellowship with God himself, all three members of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. That we are to identify him in the fellowship of his sufferings. And that we are to participate in God's eternal purpose, which he is accomplishing and carrying out in the person of Jesus Christ in the fellowship of the mystery. Well, I hope that expanded your perspective on fellowship, especially after last week's episode. And as always, thanks for listening to this episode of the Deeper Christian Podcast. For show notes of this episode, including an outline and links to other resources and articles, including the quote that I read earlier, please visit deeperchristian.com forward slash 53 for episode number 53. And until next time, know I am cheering you on as you build your life around this intimate fellowship with Jesus Christ.